Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to Inside the Huddle. We are at our Wake Forest pregame show. Yes, there is a game this week. It's not all about getting game day to Bloomington. Um, so Indiana will have their uh, work cut out for them as they head to Winston-Salem to try and make it 4-0 on the season. It would be the first time that the Hoosiers go 4-0 uh, since 1990. Uh, right now we're uh, going to be joined by TJ Inman in a little bit, but let's go over uh, some of the stuff about Wake Forest. Uh, they're 2-1. and one. They beat uh, Army last week for, uh, 17-14 on a last-second field goal. Uh, their starting quarterback was hurt after uh, four plays, uh, tried to come back in, couldn't go, and uh, was replaced by true freshman uh, Kendall Hinton, who uh, led the team in rushing uh, in 113 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he also completed about 50% of his passes. Uh, it, it's unclear who's going to start for them. Uh, IU's going to have to prepare for both, uh, but it looks like if – you want the easier time. Uh, John Wolford is probably the less mobile of the quarterbacks, and we all know uh, how Indiana's defense handles these uh, mobile quarterbacks. So uh, the strength of Wake Forest is their defense. Uh, their third down defense is uh, top 10 in the country. They're holding opponents to 19% success rate. Uh, so Indiana's going to have to cash in on some third down uh, conversions. Uh, Wake Forest has only let up seven first downs all year. Uh, all year, and uh, well, Indiana is going to have to, you know, move the ball. The weather is calling for some rain, possibly. So uh, the ground game will be uh, it'll be strength against strength. Uh, Indiana's offense against Wake Forest defense. So go, uh, heading on the road for the first time, Indiana seems focused. Uh, they're focused on 4-0 while the fans are, are kind of rallying around this, uh, you know, hashtag IUFB for gate college game day uh, rally or campaign. And so uh, they're, they'll be focused on the game, ready to go. If for whatever reason IU falls short at Wake Forest, that whole campaign goes kaput. Uh, but we'll see what happens. It, and we'll get into keys, keys to victory here in a few minutes. Uh, so, so, some keys to victory for IU uh, coming up. Uh, you know, the offense is going to have to move the ball and score points. This defense uh, is is very very good. They're uh, allowing you know 25 points per game. Uh, they lost to Syracuse, uh, 30 I think it was 30 to 17, something along those lines. So the defense is not as strong as it was last year, but it is still the strength of their team. Uh, they're giving up 140 rushing yards a game and 312 passing yards a game. So Indiana is going to have to be balanced. They, they, they're no slouch on offense uh, with Sudfeld and Howard. So, see, you know, to me, the perfect offense for them is what they did in the last five minutes there against Western Kentucky. 
run the ball, get some first downs, use the play-action pass uh, to get the ball downfield in bigger chunks uh, and really open the game up, really tell these teams, um, you know, we could move the ball however we want on them. Uh, Also mixing up tempo. Normally, IU's been a go, go, go team. Now they could slow it down, go fast, and and Wilson said in his press conference Monday, that's what makes it uh, really difficult to prepare for. So, to me, the key to the game is a balanced offensive attack and a balanced tempo. So go fast sometimes when you need to go fast. Slow it down when you need to slow it down. Uh, but make sure you're churning out the hard yards, getting those first downs, getting into third and manageable situations, third and three or shorter. So first and second down are huge. Um, Jordan Howard's been so good in that in that, um, in that regard where he gets two, three, four yards on first down and second down and sets up, you know, second and short and third and short. And it keeps IU's offense on pace where they could open up the playbook a little bit more um, and, and really you know, do some damage on offense. Uh, another key to the game is going to be turnovers. Uh, Wake Forest has not forced a turnover all year, which was kind of surprising since defense is their strength of their team. Uh so IU is going to have to take care of the ball, especially if it's raining. Uh, we'll see how they handle a wet ball. Um, on defense, Indiana is going to have to create some turnovers. Uh, their quarterbacks have thrown a combined six interceptions on the year. Opponents have scored 24 points off of those six interceptions. So it's not uh, like they take care of the ball all too well. So Indiana is also very good at taking the ball away on defense. It's, it's one of their strengths. They uh lead the Big Ten in turnover margin. I think it's at plus five now. Uh, And you saw what happened last week with freshman Jonathan Crawford picking off two straight passes there in the third quarter uh, and converting those for touchdowns on offense. So turnovers are going to be and always uh, do play a strong strong part of the game. Uh, Another key to the game, I'll go with uh, special teams here. You saw IU... uh, get an explosion play last last week on their um, on their punt return with Mitchell Page. Uh, Wake Forest's punter is very good. He's averaging over 43 yards per kick uh, and over 40 yards uh, net kick. So their they're kicking and coverage units are very strong, uh, and, and field position could be a, uh, a factor in the game on Saturday. Uh, what we didn't see out of IU is good uh, kickoff returns. Uh, they need to bust one out and get this offense in better starting field position. It's not a knock on the offense. It just makes their life that much easier um, and makes the defense's life that much easier if you could start in better field position and either score points or flip the field. Uh, They did a nice job on punting last week. Eric Toast, one punt, got downed, I think, inside the 10 or about the 10-yard line. So, you know, it's hit and miss there. they're going to have to start kicking field goals as well. Uh, this is not a, a, a game where you're going to have to, you know, chase points and go for touchdowns. So take points when you can get them. You have to kick a few field goals. Uh, do that. Uh, hopefully Griffin Oaks has worked through some of his problems. Uh, he had uh, kicking against Florida International. Uh, they did not kick a, you know, they had a few field They had one field goal last week, uh, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, but we'll see if the weather's uh, if the weather's poor conditions. We'll see how they handle that as well on special teams. Uh, coverage units have to be good. 
Uh, you're, they were good last week. Uh, we'll see what they do uh, this week against Wake Forest. So the their uh, Wake Forest offense is not good. The farther back you could start them, uh, the better off Indiana will be. Uh, they are averaging uh, 20 and a half yards per kickoff return and just 3.3 uh, yards on punt returns. But again, it's it's that uh, that defense is the strength. Uh, you know, they're allowing under 300 yards per game. Uh, sorry, the, the yardage I gave you before was their uh, offensive yardage, which is kind of skewed because they played Elon and Army, who are not uh, two of the strongest programs around. Uh, but they are 2-1. and one. It's a strong team, and we'll see what Indiana could do. Finally, uh, another key to victory uh, for Indiana is bring the energy. you got to start fast. Uh, this is your first road test. Uh, you've got to be focused. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, uh, we asked him on, on Monday, uh, how do you prepare these young guys for a road game? He said, you know, sometimes it's nice playing in front of our home fans, but sometimes it's great to get away and have an us-against-the-world mentality. So that's look for them to bring that. You know, they they won a big road game last year against Missouri, um, and, and Sudfeld's played in, in a lot of big road stadiums. Now, BB&T Field isn't huge as you know, a little over 31,000 fans, uh, but it is a road game against a Power 5 conference. It's a game where there have been some distractions, uh, and not bad distractions. Nobody's getting arrested or or anything like that. It's, you know, fans have started to build momentum and, and have tried to get uh, this college game day thing going. So that's kind of been a, you know, could be a distraction. It's something that uh, players could get caught up in. Uh, you hope they don't. You hope they have the blinders on and are moving on to the game. Uh, but it is something that's going around. It's caught some fire on social media. Uh, so that it, it's something that you know is is a potential distraction. So you got to come out fast, start fast, take take Wake Forest heart. Uh, if you get out to a big lead, you know, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing, just keep packing on points. Um, it's like a big lead in baseball. You know, you want to pay paint the picket fence on the scoreboard to put it in baseball terms. So keep adding uh, tack on points. If you have to kick a field goal here and there, um, just the points on the board, uh, go ahead and do it. Because if this Wake Forest team gets down big, um, their fans will be out of it. Uh, their team might be out of it. And, you know, it, it'll make Indiana's job that much better. It'd be nice. This, this Wake Forest team's not that good um, from what I've seen on film. Uh, so it, it's a it is a fifty fifty game because it is on the road, but Indiana should come out victorious. Um, so it, it's important to get off to fast start. You can't let them uh, hang around like you did with we did with Southern Illinois, uh, like you did with Florida International. It's time to you know get out to a, a start in the first half like you, like they do in third quarter. So start the game like you start the second half. Uh, come out going to run, uh, put this game away early, and, and just keep rolling into into next week. Uh, so if you could go 4-0 in the non-conference, it would be great. Uh, a terrific start. The last time they went 4-0 was 1990. Uh, so, and it makes it that much easier to go to a bowl game. Now you just need, if you win this one, you need two more. Uh, so it'll be a great atmosphere. Uh, Wake Forest, good school. I, I know of some Hoosier fans who are going down. Uh, so hopefully the alumni clubs in the North Carolina area and the Winston-Salem area will be out in full force. It'll be good to see Hoosier nation on the road and traveling well. Um, 
So that those are keys to the game. Uh, we'll see what Indiana does with them. Uh, for Wake Forest, they're gonna they're gonna do some things. Uh, they need to win this game to go three and one in non-conference as well, uh, and get back to you know a bowl game. They won three games last year. They shut out or they beat Virginia Tech in overtime six three to end the year. Um, so they have the capability of beating some good teams. Virginia Tech was the only team to knock off Ohio State last year. Uh, where they were talent-wise by the end of the year, they weren't great, but it still went over Virginia Tech. So it, you should be wary of what of what Wake Forest can do. Uh, the the main issue I have with Wake Forest is probably if they start the uh, true freshman, uh, Kendall Hinton. Uh, Indiana has had uh, trouble with running quarterbacks. He's a true dual-threat guy. Uh, he could throw the ball, but he uh, doesn't throw that often. He's completed about 50% of his passes for no touchdowns and two interceptions. So he's not the best thrower, uh, but he can do damage with his feet. He became the first 100-yard rusher uh, in a couple of years there. He had 113 rushing yards, I think, against Army and, and two scores. So he's a game-changer with his feet. That's something that should uh, worry Hoosier fans a little bit, uh, not too much. Uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, the, the Wake Forest offensive line isn't too great. Um, so Indiana should be able to put pressure, although we said that last week with Western Kentucky, uh, where pressure was just short. It almost got to Brandon Dowdy. Uh, but then again, uh, this is Wake Forest and not Western Kentucky, and we're not, and uh, the Hoosiers are not playing Brandon Dowdy again, uh, and, <laughs> thankfully for not for a long time uh, or ever again. Uh, so we'll we'll see uh, what they do. It should be a, a strength versus strength matchup in the IU offense and the Wake Forest defense and a weakness versus weakness uh, matchup on the Wake Forest offense and the IU defense. So uh, their quarterback, Hinton, uh, like Johnson Crawford for IU, one freshman or newcomer uh, or rookie of the week for the ACC, however you want to put it. So they have he has some momentum and confidence. So it'll be interesting where they go with the quarterback. You gotta uh, see they they love this John Wolford kid, um, but uh, we'll see. He did not practice on Tuesday, so we'll see where his ankle is at uh, come game time. Uh, they listed both of them as co-starters on the depth chart, so it it'll come down to a game time decision uh, that makes IU's job just that much harder preparing for two guys. Uh, you know, some gamemanship. Uh, right now, I want to get into some of Kevin Wilson's comments from a uh, an alumni event in June. Uh, he trash talked Wake Forest a little bit. He said, "I'm a Southern Baptist, but I don't like Wake Forest, and um, we're going to go down there and kick their butts." Uh, to me, it's a total non-story. Uh, coaches say it all the time. They're trying to fire up. Uh, the, the alumni event, uh, it was tweeted out by a uh, basketball writer back in June, but uh, it, it's total non-story. Wake Forest is going to use his bulletin board material because that's what uh, coaches do, and we'll, we'll see. You know, it could fire up the troops. It could be meaningless. It did happen in June. It's not like something came out this week uh, and, and they said anything. So, I mean – uh, Wilson and Nor both have uh, connections to Wake Forest, North Carolina. Uh, the harshest thing they said probably is that it's not really a homecoming. I'm not going home to see my buddies. It's a business trip. Uh, but that's all normal stuff. So 
you know, you shouldn't read into those comments from June. Uh, Wake Forest will use them as uh, we'll use them as uh, bulletin board material. But you know, this is a, a game that you know, a fifty-fifty game on the road. Indiana hasn't had a lot of those uh, in the past, but it's a game that Indiana, you know, has momentum, and Wake Forest doesn't really look like a strong team. So, you know. Uncle Bo is in IU's corner. We'll see what they do from there. All right, moving on to the rest of the slate around the uh, Big Ten, and maybe we'll touch upon uh, what IU needs to do to get game day uh, to Bloomington. I, I don't want to spend too much time on to that because it's really it's not irrelevant, but it's something that a lot of dominoes have to fall before we could uh, start worrying about it. Uh, it's you know kudos to the fans who have started this movement. It really has brought some good publicity to the program. Uh, it was mentioned on College Football Live last night, uh, where Paul Feinbaum laughed it off. But you know Feinbaum doesn't get out of the SEC that much, and uh, probably doesn't know where to find Bloomington on a map. Uh, so we'll see uh, what the Big Ten uh, is going on around the Big Ten. Uh, uh, first game up, we have uh, Kansas at Rutgers. It's a big game for Rutgers. They need to win. Kansas is absolutely atrocious. Um, and Rutgers is, is reeling. It's a real tire fire. Uh, Kyle Flood has been suspended for uh, three games. So a win here would put some people at ease, a loss here, and it's full panic mode if it isn't already at uh, Rutgers. That game is at noon on BTN. Uh, so, you know, when I use in commercial breaks or during that first half hour, uh, you know, I kicks off at 1230. So uh, you can check into that one. Another noon game, a good game is uh, number 22 BYU at Michigan. That's uh, another big test for Jim Harbaugh's crew. Uh, BYU is very good. Uh, lost a heartbreaker. I believe last week against uh, UCLA. I just couldn't get that hail Mary up there after the first, uh, first two games. Uh, but we'll see what, BYU could do coming into Michigan. Uh, it's I said it before the season start. Michigan could go two and two in their non-conference slate. They they've had a very uh, tough non-conference schedule. Uh, that game's at noon on ABC. Uh, also, rumors that uh, that Jim Harbaugh uh, have been floating around that it, you know some people expect him to be the Colts head coach next year. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's going around. So. Maybe Michigan fans are a little on edge if they lose that game. Uh, next up, it's Central Michigan at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's ranked second in the country. Uh, so it's a home game. It's a game they should win uh, big, and we'll see where uh, where they go. That's again at noon on, on BTN. Uh, so they need to get some of that uh, defense taken care of a little bit after uh, – facing Air Force, getting back into a normal offense, uh, a normal defense against a, a normal offense. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch just because it's an in-state game and uh, Michigan State is now number two in the country. Uh, next up is Southern Mississippi and Nebraska. Uh, Southern Miss is not a joke. Nebraska is one and two for the first time since, uh, since 1981. Uh, they lost last week at Miami. Uh, they had a furious comeback. Uh, it fell short in overtime, uh, but we'll see where they go for there. Mike Riley is one and two. Uh, people in Nebraska could become um, impatient. Uh, I bet they miss Bo, uh, Bo Pelini right now uh, starting off with those nine-win seasons. So uh, we'll see. Uh, 
Southern Miss is not a joke either, so we'll see. Uh, it should be a good crowd at Nebraska, um, and, and they should move back to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Another intriguing game, uh, noon on the Big Ten Network, Bowling Green at Purdue. Uh, Purdue just benched uh, at Austin Appleby in favor of David Blow. We'll see how that works out for them. Uh, they, lost, they got destroyed last week against uh, Virginia Tech, so we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, Bowling Green coming in. Uh, they lost last week, but they beat Maryland uh, the week before. Uh, so, you know, losing to Memphis. But they put up 41 points against Memphis. They put up 48 points against Maryland. We'll see how this uh, uh, Purdue defense can hold up against that offense. It should be a good game. It could be a game where the MAC comes into another Big Ten stadium and, and wins another game. So, Purdue, whoever made Purdue's schedule um, – should probably be uh, not in charge of making schedules anymore. Uh, just their non-conference schedule is brutal, uh, and uh, we'll see. Uh, Indiana Wake Forest, it's 12:30 ACC Network or ESPN three. Uh, we've tweeted out some links to the ACC Network. It, it'll also be shown locally in Indy on um, on my NDY. So uh, look for it on TV there. Uh, we tweeted out some links to find it online. Uh, there was also a, a local Louisville station. I'll retweet out that information. Also, if you got if if any IU fans who are listening have uh, information on the game, where to watch it, uh, shoot me a tweet. It's at Hoosier underscore Huddle. I'll retweet it. Get it out to the uh, get it out to our followers uh, so they can watch the game and. Uh, and enjoy it, and hopefully go 4-0. Uh, next, we have a, a rivalry game, uh, Maryland at West Virginia. It's 3 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Uh, it, it's usually a good game. We'll see where it goes. Maryland is 2-1. and one. Uh, They had a bad loss to uh, Bowling Green, but then uh, looked decent over uh, South Florida, so we'll see where they go. They uh, changed quarterbacks uh, to Caleb Rowe and looked a lot better on offense. Um, West Virginia's coming in at two and zero, but they have, you know, their their victories are against uh, Southern uh, Georgia Southern and Liberty. Uh, but shutting out Georgia Southern forty four nothing is very impressive since they run that uh, vaunted triple option. Uh, so we'll see what what way, uh, West Virginia could do against Maryland. It's at uh, in Morgantown, so it's a tough game for Maryland uh, and the Big Ten there. Uh, next, we have te- North Texas at Iowa. Iowa came off a, a very thrilling uh, night game win over Pitt last week where they kicked the last-second field goal. Uh, we'll see how they come out uh, with energy at that. Uh, this game's at 3.30 on ESPNU, so it's not an early start for them, so maybe they'll have a little bit more energy. But coming off an emotional high like that, uh, sometimes there's a little bit of a letdown. Uh, Ohio at Minnesota is 3.30 on BTN. Uh, we'll see Minnesota's offense looked absolutely horrible, uh, only putting up 10 points last week. They are 2-1, and one, uh, which is the most important thing. Uh, their defense looks very, very good. Uh, so we'll see how they do against a 3-0 and um, Ohio team. Uh, whose victory, uh, who beat Idaho, uh, Marshall, and then southeastern Louisiana. Uh, their defense is, is stout as well, giving up only 17.3 points per game. Uh, and its offense, um, the gopher offense is a little banged up. So we'll see. Don't expect a lot of points in that game. And 
you know, hopefully uh, Minnesota's offense can get going and stay healthy. Uh, next, uh, Western Michigan at Ohio State, 3.30 on ABC ESPN2. Uh, this is a game Ohio State needs to win. If uh, game day is going to come to Bloomington, you can't have uh, a 3-1 Ohio State team coming into Bloomington and expect game day to come there. They're going to have to be ranked number one. Uh, after last week's poor performance against no- Northern Illinois, uh, there have been a lot of questions about the Ohio State offense, who's going to be the quarterback, who's calling plays, uh, and we'll see. So um, they, they held on against Northern Illinois last week, 20-13. Uh, to 13. It took a pick six uh, to really seal that game, and uh, we'll see who starts for them. Uh, you know, JT, uh, Cardell Jones started off, didn't look good. JT Barrett came in. Uh, didn't look particularly strong either. So uh, they have a real quarterback controversy. It's something, uh, you know, you said, you know, if you don't have one, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any, uh, is the saying that goes around. Uh, so that looks to be the problem. Uh, but it should be, you know, P.J. Fleck is, is coming in. He'll have a lot of energy. He'll have that Western Michigan team fired up. But Ohio State's going to play um, some angry football and, and – um, I'm just happy Indiana's not playing them this week because they're going to come out fired up, come out angry, and and, and put that put that offense uh, to the test and, and try and make them uh, look as good as possible. Uh, next is San Diego State at Penn State, uh, 3:30 on BTN. Uh, it's Penn State and Rutgers played last week, so they're uh, Penn State's one and zero in the Big Ten. Uh, it was a dominant. Uh, Defensive performance, uh, 28-3 over Rutgers. Again, the offense didn't look great, uh, but it has turned to the ground game a little bit more. They got 195 rushing yards from uh, Saquon Barkley and another 120 from Akeel Lynch. So they're taking the ball out of Hackenberg's hands a little bit. Um, he was 10 for 19 for 101, uh, 141 yards and an interception. So maybe they've lost a little faith in him. Uh We'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, it's it, It'll be a good test for, for both teams, San Diego State coming east, uh, Penn State playing at home, trying to get some momentum and the offense going. We'll see if they air it out a little bit with Hackenberg as well. Uh, we're we're going to have TJ Inman uh, joining us finally. Um, TJ, uh, how are you? Yeah, sorry about the tardiness, guys. Life sometimes has the audacity to interfere with football. Uh, that's okay. Uh, people don't have to listen to, to my voice anymore. Uh, they can listen to your voice. Um, so if I was putting the people to sleep, uh, I apologize, but we'll uh, we'll get into a little bit of more detail. TJ, uh, we're halfway through the show. Uh, we've talked a little bit about um, we talked a little bit about the key, my keys to victory. Uh, a little bit about Wake Forest and IU. Uh, let's take it back to, to the game at hand. Uh, tell us uh, what you know about Wake Forest and IU. Yeah, it's uh, it's an intriguing uh, kind of strength versus strength matchup. Uh, Wake Forest's defense is sixth in the country right now uh, as far as yards against. Um, you know, I think that that is a little bit inflated due to the offenses that they've gone up against. They have not played any juggernauts on offense. Um, they took on Elon in week one, who is an FCS program. Uh, week two is a Syracuse squad that they gave up 30 points to, and 
uh, almost 400 yards to not not a gaudy number, but Syracuse was playing with their backup quarterback who was making his first start. So, you know, a decent performance against the Syracuse offense, I guess. And then uh, the last week they played Army. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that Syracuse has an awesome defense, but I do think it is definitely the strength of their team, and I think it's a strong defense. I would consider it pretty good, um, and I, I don't think they look quite as athletic as the FIU defense did when I've watched them on tape. Um, you know, IU went against them in week two, and I thought that that was one of the more athletic defenses the Hoosiers are going to play. But I do think that Wake Forest, uh, very fundamentally sound. I think that they look like they tackle really well. Um, they do have a couple of uh, couple of standout guys. they got a good group of linebackers. Uh, the secondary so far for them has been pretty good. Um, so it's going to be a strength for the Hoosiers offense versus a strength of Wake Forest, which tends. Uh, on the other side of the ball, though, um, it's kind of question mark versus question mark. You know, Wake Forest offense, not particularly strong. And there's a real question about who's going to be taking snaps at quarterback. Uh, John Wolford was injured. And uh, early in the game against Army, true freshman Kendall Hinton came in. And uh, he's kind of an interesting guy to me. I, I do think that we are going to see both quarterbacks on Saturday. Uh, it seems like Wolford is going to be healthy enough to give it a go. I don't think it's realistic to think he's going to be 100%. Um, and Hinton, I think we'll see him get in the game, run the ball five or ten times on wildcat-type stuff, and maybe throw a couple passes uh, to keep the IU defense off balance. Like Wolfer to go most of the game, but I do think that Hinton's going to get in. This is not drawing Wake Forest offense. Um, I would say that Indiana's probably uh, going to expect a pretty good defensive performance. Uh, and if, you know, if they give up another, I don't know, say 500 yards or something, I don't want to put an arbitrary number on it, but, you know, if they struggle to get Wake Forest offense off the field on a consistent basis and uh, really have a hard time keeping them off the scoreboard, then I think it's a step backwards for the defense after last week's second half, which uh, was, was pretty impressive, especially with the forced turnovers. Um, so I, Overall, it's a, it's a pretty intriguing game. Uh, it, Wake Forest is a Power 5 school that is on the road. I use first road game. Um, and then, I don't know if you've touched on it yet, but the, the comments made by Kevin Wilson in June, uh, in which yeah, he we, talked I, about... I, okay. I, okay, I, I mentioned that. Um, it's, to me, it's laughable. I, I don't know if it's coming from New York and, and working and, and reading the tabloids every day, but it's... <laughs> I, I mean, he was at an event with alumni, and, and it's yeah. something to fire them up. And, and somebody tweeted it out, and, and he alluded to the comments this week in in the uh, press conferences. You know, it's being blown up by the media. He has no ill will yeah. against Wake Forest. He's just trying to fire people up, and that's his job. Yep, I liked it. I liked. Uh, I like any chance for a coach to let his personality shine through a little bit. Um, and I, you know, I don't think it was by any means a kind of audacious thing. He's not talking about going and, um, you know, beating up on Ohio State or anything. I mean, he simply made a comment about Wake Forest, which is a school he's familiar with. 
Um, and I, you know, I know that the Wake Forest players are going to put it up in the locker room. Um, you know, if if Wake Forest beats IU, I'm sure that a couple of Wake Forest beat reporters will that had a role in the game. Here's the answer. They will say that it fired him up, but it it will not have any impact on the game at all. But it does add a little interesting thing pregame for us to include in our little game reports or whatever. Um, but I I am going to be very interested to see if the IU offense can, one, continue to run the ball at the rate that they are. Uh, Jordan Howard, first in the country in rushing yards, second in yards per game. Uh, and then the IU total offense putting up really good numbers as well. So I'm going to be interested to see if the IU offense can keep that up against a defense that is much stronger than Western Kentucky's. And I'd say, you know, on par with the FIU defense. Um, I, I don't think they're better than FIU, but I think they are on par with them. Uh, and if, if they can put up really good numbers again, it, it'd be a, another strong indication that this offense can put up good numbers against just about anybody they face this year. Yeah, and, and you know, I said one of the keys uh, to the game was starting out fast, starting the first half, like mm-hmm. start the second half, um, just to take the crowd out of it. It's a, it's a game where the, they might have a good crowd who's fired up. It's a game that they could win. It is a true 50-50 game. These teams yeah. are uh, almost evenly matched. They're, they're um, basically peers in that they represent the bottom of the Power Five League. Uh and and I don't mean that as a shot at both teams, but somebody has to be there. And Wake Forest and Indiana are, are kind of the same program right now where they're struggling uh, to to move up in the divisions. And, and we'll see. They, this is a game that both teams think they could win or should win. And uh, it, it'll be important for IU to come out, uh, maybe have those Swedish fish before the game instead of at halftime and come out and uh, really put some points up on the board. Not saying come out and score 35 points in the first half or 35 points in the first quarter, but score, stop them on defense, score again, and you really take this the crowd and, and potentially Wake Forest out of the game. Yeah, I'd like to see some sustained drives on offense in the first half. Um, we saw each of the previous three games, we saw sustained drives that resulted in touchdowns by IU. More often than not, I feel like in the first half of these games, so if the Hoosiers are having either quick drives, which are fine, or sustained drives, which are not resulting in touchdowns, uh, and then giving the ball to the opposition and promptly giving up a touchdown. Um, I would like to see, you know, a couple of sustained drives on, on this first half where you're, you know, running the ball maybe seven or eight times, passing it four or five times, going 80 yards in 12 plays and taking up like five or six minutes of the clock. I mean, that that does so much for a team's confidence. The opposition, it does the opposite. I mean, it really beats them down. It's a demoralizing way to give up points. Um, and then it also helps out your defense because, one, they get a rest. Two, they're not on the field so they can give up big plays. And it, it yeah. you know, kind of forced the Wake Forest offense – uh, maybe to press a little bit to get to get back into the game. And I, I think if IU can get off to the good start, like you said, that is going to be a big key 
and not have to rely on these second-half comebacks because if they continue to dig themselves into holes, uh, they're going to find themselves in a game where they are unable to dig out. Exactly. And an encouraging sign for those sustained drives uh, were those 96-plus-yard drives uh, last week mm-hmm. uh, where they did run the ball well. And then, you know, I, I was alluding to it earlier in the show, uh, you, you run the ball, run the ball, play action pass, you pick up 18 to 20 yards, uh, or you know, between 10 and 20 yards, and, and just move the ball that way. And that last drive, it's, I know they got zero points out of it, but that last drive was a thing of beauty last week uh, for Indiana, yep. where they, they, they ran out the final almost six minutes of the game. Uh, so that's something that IU's done more now. You know, it, it's not unprecedented. We've seen it, TJ. Uh, we've seen them go on these long drives. We've seen them uh, chew up five, six minutes on the clock. So uh, yep. now it's, you know, if, if a drive like that ends in a field goal this week, take the three points because you're going to need the points. Uh, you know, this Wake Forest defense is the strength of their team. It's not a not as good as it as it was last year. Uh, or a couple years ago, but it is, uh, you know, you got to take the points where you can get them. Uh, so if you yeah. end up with a 10-play drive that goes 60 yards and you end up with a short field goal, take the three points. Uh, don't go for the seven and, and turn the ball over. Uh, if you get the touchdown, whatever, I'll I'll eat, eat my words. Uh, but right now, take the points. We've seen it. Uh, we, we've seen them have these long drives. So it's it's something that should be, but it's something that's not unprecedented. Yeah, I, the best part about that last drive last week, which you're right, didn't result in points, but if they needed it to, it would have. Uh, at that point in the game, that Western Kentucky defense really had no chance of stopping Jordan Howard. Uh, he was just running over him. Uh, but the best part of that drive was the feeling that I had, and I don't know if other fans felt this way, but I had really no worries. Um, I had total confidence that the offense, at the very start of the drive, I was a little worried because there was so much time left, and that's just the way I am with IU, um, perpetually wondering when that other shoe's going to drop. Uh, but I, once they got going and picked up a first down, and I saw the way that that offensive line was pushing the pile, um, pushing back the Western Kentucky defensive line and opening up, I saw that. I knew, you know what? They, they're not going to be stopped right now. Western Kentucky's not getting the ball back. Uh, and I had total confidence, which I would not be able to say that at any other time in recent memory um, with IU football. But this offensive line and the running backs and the offensive coaches, I think that they have really uh, created a, a culture around this team that they are confident in that situation. Um and as a result, I was as well. So uh, that was a really, really good thing to see last week. But, uh, you know, I agree with you on the, on the take the field goal on a long drive here. Um, the only exception that I would I would give to that is if it's fourth and one, I feel really confident giving the ball to Jordan Howard and having him get the first down. Um, I don't think there's too many people that will stop them in one unless they've got three or four guys back on them. So, but I agree. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna want to take the points when you can in this game for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, you know, Howard's running uh, ability has been outstanding. He's leading the country, um, even though it's because Leonard Fournette didn't play um, 
they they have but one less game, but he's leading the country nonetheless. Uh, and if you haven't seen Leonard Fournette run, um, just YouTube his highlight tapes. He's awesome. Uh, but Jordan Howard is the perfect runner for this Indiana offense. He wears yeah. the other defenses down. And by the end of that game last week, nobody wanted to touch him. Uh, nope. I believe he it was in the third or fourth quarter when he just ran some kid, poor kid over and nearly <laughs> looked like he killed him. Um, and, and he enjoys it. He loves contact. Uh, we've talked to him about it. Man, he just loves initiating contact. It's hit or be hit, and he'd rather do the hitting. So he has kind of a linebacker mentality running the ball, which is something that, you know, IU's offense has been missing. I, I don't want to call their IU the offense soft because it's not, but they needed that bruising running back to keep these linebackers and, and uh, secondary people from, you know, having not an easy time tackling people, but kind of hesitating before they said, uh, you know what, I don't really feel like getting run over again, so... I'm gonna, you know, dive at people's feet. Um, yeah, feet. So uh, he's the perfect runner for this offense. Anyway, uh, TJ, before you came on, we were going over, or I was, um, although I was probably having a conversation with myself. Uh, I was going over some of the games uh, in the around the Big Ten. Uh, right now, uh, we were uh, getting to Middle Tennessee at uh, Illinois. Uh, Illinois was your upset pick last week, or at least to cover that 10-point spread in Chapel Hill. Uh, they fell yeah, well short. Well What do you see from Middle Tennessee at Illinois? Is, is the magic gone from Bill Cubitt's first two games? Uh, that, uh, that certainly had to rock their confidence. Um, you know, I, for anybody that didn't see the Illinois-North Carolina game, um, Illinois started out okay, uh, started out really well, actually. Went on a nice long drive down the field, went for it on fourth and goal from, like, the two, uh, tried passing for it on a quick slant across the middle. It was incomplete, and then it went all downhill from there. North Carolina just routed them um, in their defense, which had given up three points in the first two games combined, gave up 48. So that had to be a major uh, really – really big kind of slap of reality uh, to Illinois, and I definitely got that one well wrong. But uh, Tennessee has scored 70 points uh, in two different games this year, 70 and 73. Uh, The opponents were not very good, but still, that's a lot of points against anybody. Um, And we've seen, you know, a previous example, uh, Ole Miss scored 70 a couple of times, and then People were questioning whether or not that was for real, and they went and beat Alabama. So I'm not suggesting Middle Tennessee is a good team, but they do have a good offense, and uh, Illinois' defense can't be feeling very good about themselves right now. So that's what to watch for is can the Illinois defense rebound a little bit and their team as a whole. Uh, it's been a really kind of an emotional roller coaster for them the past couple months. So I'll be interested to see if they can go from a low – back up to, to getting back up high again heading into conference play. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they, they could do. It's, you know, a lot of talk is going on now about them uh, and, and maybe about that Bill Cubit magic wearing off. Uh, next, we have Ball State at Northwestern. Speaking of magic, Northwestern is 3-0. Uh, they beat yeah. Duke last week. 
1910. They're up ranked up to uh, 17th now in the country. Uh, Ball State uh, got is two and one. Uh, they beat VMI and Eastern Michigan, and they got waxed at Texas A&M. Uh, we're, we're, what do you see this team uh, doing up in Evanston? Boy, I uh, I could not be more impressed with Northwestern. Um, they, I did not expect much from them this season. Their defense has been tremendous. Um, you know, I, I still think that there are some concerns, uh, which you know you have to recalibrate expectations now because they're three and zero. They appear certainly well poised to challenge. Uh, for the Big Ten West title, which looks wide open at the moment. Um, you know, I, so you have to kind of recalibrate your expectations of them. And so with those higher expectations, I'm concerned about whether or not Clayton Thorson is able to um, maybe win a game for them. Um, I, he appears to be fine at not losing them games, but I'm not entirely sure he's going to be able to bring them back if they fall into a deficit. Uh, so far, it hasn't been a problem because the defense hasn't allowed them to get to a deficit. And they got a big special teams touchdown to open up the second half against Duke and turn that game around. Uh, you know, Ball State, um, pretty good offense, it looks like. Uh, they put up a lot of points on the two opponents that they were able to beat. They were down 17 nothing to Eastern Michigan before waking up and beating them 28-17. to I, I don't expect Ball State to be able to hang with Northwestern, but if that Northwestern offense struggles to put up some impressive numbers against Ball State, uh, then I think that, um, you know, the questions around the offense will only qualify as, as we head into the Big Ten play for them, but uh, right now they have to feel like they've got a shot at a Big Ten West title. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, next is... Um... I, I mean, it's it's wide open for them uh, at Northwestern. Uh, next is Hawaii at number 22, Wisconsin. Uh, Hawaii mm-hmm. is making their second trip to to the mainland uh, to face a Big Ten team. Uh, they got shut out 38 nothing against Ohio State a couple weeks ago. Uh, this game it should be a win for uh, Wisconsin. Uh, hopefully it's worth the trip for Hawaii. Uh, but uh, we'll see. The, Hawaii's two and one. Uh, their only loss was uh, was coming at Ohio State, so it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they play and if uh, Corey Clement is going to uh, make an appearance. Yeah, he's still out. Uh, still out with his groin injury. Um, I it, the most surprising thing so far about Wisconsin is either Joel Stave playing as well as he is at quarterback or the Wisconsin running game being largely a non-factor so far this season. Um, you know, they've – I've been very impressed with Joel Stave because he missed a lot of last season with, uh, I guess, psychological problems with the yips. Um, you know, I, we haven't really heard Wisconsin talk a lot about that, and they shouldn't. Uh, if if Joel Stave doesn't want them to. But um, the Wisconsin running game has been, uh, last I looked, they were 14th out of 14, obviously, in the Big Ten in rushing yards, or 13th, I think, and then last in rushing attempts, which 
is just bizarre. And I know that part of that is we're dealing with a small sample size, and one of those games was against Alabama, who has a really good run defense. But still, uh, you would – and then Corey Clement being injured, but you would expect that they would still – grinding opponents out and just rushing the ball 40 times and putting up 250 yards, but that's not what's happening. That is a really good defense uh, and a better-than-expected passing game. Uh, If I'm looking at the Big Ten West right now, um, you know, I'd say Wisconsin, Northwestern, and I, I would kind of throw Iowa into there, which I'm surprised by Iowa and Northwestern, but um, yeah, I think there's enough questions surrounding Minnesota's offense. You can't put them in there right now, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of good but um, flawed teams in the Big Ten West. And I, it's going to be really interesting to see this weekend which of those teams is able to maybe assert themselves as the favorite heading into Big Ten division play or if all of them will just continue to kind of come along as we, we head into October. But it's going to be a competitive Big Ten West race. I don't think it's going to matter come Big Ten title time, but, um, you know, a division title is nothing to see that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, TJ, that wraps it up for the out-of-town uh, games. I want to touch on this uh, before uh, we get out of here in the next few minutes. Uh, something strange is going on in Bloomington. Uh, there is a movement to get college game day there. Uh, it has fans fired up. And I know people have been getting tweets from people who are like, it's a distraction. Um, now Indiana's going to lose, all that stuff. Uh, I take it the opposite way. I think this is great for the IU program. Uh, it's gotten the fan base fired up. It's something you, that, you know, we especially as a, as a website wanted to see. Uh, we wanted, oh, yeah. we've been preaching that, uh, you know, fan, when, if, if and when the Hoosiers win, uh, fans will come alive. And now there's a chance, albeit a, a tiny chance, um, that College Game Day, the, the popular, uh, you know, morning pregame show on ESPN, will come to, to Bloomington and, and host their show when, when uh, Indiana hosts the potentially number one, barring a uh, ridiculous upset uh, this week. Uh, Buckeyes uh, next on uh, October third. I, I just wanted to to get your uh, thoughts on that and, and uh, what what needs to happen uh, for game day to to get to sure. Bloomington. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it one. It's really cool uh, that people are acknowledging that it's a possibility. It's it's really cool. Um, it it's a weird confluence of circumstances in game day coming, or at least have the possibility of coming. It's not a stacked week five um, slate of games, October 3rd. So that's one thing working in, in the favor of it happening. Um, you know, all of this is predicated on IU beating Wake Forest. And I have been an IU football fan for uh, my entire life. And I do totally understand the feeling that, well, you know, we're going to screw it up. I totally get that. Um, That's not something that I think, that's not a mentality that I think we should attempt to continue. Um, No reason to expect IU to go to Wake Forest and lose. I am not saying that it's a guarantee they win. I'm not saying that they can play like garbage and win. Uh, They're going to have to play well to win on Saturday. But 
I think if they do play well on Saturday, they will be able to win. Uh, and there's no reason as a fan to think, well, you know, if you're talking about game day on October 3rd, you're going to going to mess up by use chances. I don't buy that at all. And if the team is getting distracted by the talks of game day to the point where they don't play well this Saturday because they think it's already a done deal, then they've got a lot bigger problems than game day coming or not coming. Um, I think that this coaching staff will have no problem keeping them focused. I don't think the players are going to get distracted by it. Uh, I think it's a really good thing for the fans to – at the very least, have excitement about. Um, maybe it means that more people watch the game on Saturday and see whether or not IU can win to see if ESPN decides to bring IU game day. I mean, maybe more people watch. And they see a product that they hadn't seen before, and IU plays well, and they decide, hey, cool, uh, game day is not coming, but you know what? I'm going to come to the game next Saturday anyway because I had fun watching them on TV. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, in my opinion, it can't be a bad thing to have some generate or some uh, interest generated around it. Um, it's it's attention. It's positive attention. You're getting it because you're three and zero with a chance to go to four and zero for the first time since 1990. So, in my opinion, uh, this is a pretty cool thing, and I, if if by some chance IU beats QMass and ESPN decides they want to go somewhere new instead of going back to Clemson for the Clemson-Notre Dame game and they decide to bring Lee Corso back to Bloomington and that gets announced, I can say that our recap show uh, is going to be going to be pretty bonkers and that, that week, uh, the week of October 3rd is going to be there's going to be a whole lot of fun around here. I can tell you that much. It, it's going to yeah, be really might cool. Have to, I might have to take a sick day on Friday. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I think I, I'm feeling a sore throat coming on sometime around sure. Tuesday. Yeah. 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 It, so, it's, a, it's, a it, really, it, it's a really fun thing to think about. Obviously, none of it matters if IU goes out and plays poorly or plays, you know, decent and loses to Wake Forest. So we're not saying to to not focus on that. We're not saying that. And what what we focus on doesn't have any impact on the game. I truly believe that. But, you know, our focus is is solely on Wake Forest, but we are just recognizing, hey, this is a possibility, and it hasn't been in forever. So might as well embrace it. Yeah, it's it's really been – it started with like wildfire. Uh, Dan Dockage tweeted something out, I believe, on Sunday, um, yes, or even Monday, uh, that hey, game day should be there. So he um, he's the match that that lit the the wildfire that this has become, uh, and I mean that in the best way. Uh, that you know this is just spread so far out of control. It, it's the the fans are going crazy. Uh, there's flyers going around IU. Uh, it's great publicity for the program. They were mentioned on College Football Live last night. Uh, even though it was laughed down uh, as whatever by Paul Feinbaum, uh, but it, it's still it's getting play. ESPN personalities on Twitter are are, are uh, tweeting about it. Sage Steele was tweeting about it. Uh, she's mm-hmm. an IU grad and a big IU fan. Game Day even tweeted 
back at IU saying, hey, we see you guys. We know what's going on there. Uh, we wrote a piece or, uh, earlier this week on Monday, uh, the hest of, of some people's opinions, uh, but uh, it was something about what needs to happen. And I, one, sure. the third thing that needed to happen besides an IU win and either a Notre Dame loss uh, to UMass or you know, somebody thinking outside of the box at ESPN was that Indiana fans needed to make noise on social media, whether it was through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever else is out there. I feel like such an old guy. Uh, But whatever other social media avenues there are, make noise. And they're making noise, and and people are hearing them, and it's great to see. Uh, So, you know, I want to encourage the fans uh, to get caught up in the hype. It's something that hasn't happened in a long time. Enjoy the ride. Don't sit there and and feel sorry for yourselves. You know, enjoy it. Dump this, you know, Cubs mentality of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I resent that remark. Hey, it's true, though. We're going to the playoffs. Uh, You've even referenced it yourself. You are going to the playoffs. So, enjoy the ride. Don't say, oh, it's only the wild card. Um we're going to the World Enjoy Series. The ride. That's what I'm saying. All right, and, and I'll be riding there on my hoverboard. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, so, IU fans need to enjoy this. Uh, enjoy the, the. Enjoy the ride. You know, stop and smell the roses a little bit. Three um, zero next week. Get your friends by a TV. Um, it's on ACC Network. It'll be on Channel 23. I think it's WNDY at 12:30. We'll tweet out some more links uh, to ESPN3 and the ACC Network on Twitter. Um, and, and, again, I urge Hoosier fans who are listening to this, if you live in an out-of-market and you have, please send it our way and we could send it out. That way uh, all the Hoosier Nation can can watch um, and just enjoy it. They're 3-0. Um, it hasn't, it's happened 16 total times, uh, so it doesn't happen that often. Uh, they're have a chance to go 4-0. It's a really winnable game, uh, and they haven't gone 4-0 since 1990. So enjoy this ride. It's 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 rare. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think I think it's a it's a really big game on Saturday, and we we can we talk about the implications for it. But you know, the most important thing is that Indiana can go to 4-0 for the first time since 1990 and get themselves only two wins away from bowl eligibility. Um, that's that's the most important thing for this year's team. For right now, that is the most important thing. And for this program, that's where they need to be. This is a game that they have an opportunity to accomplish something and to set themselves up to accomplish even bigger things, take advantage of it. They need to come out, play well, take advantage of it, uh, and I, I, I think that they will. I think IU's going to play well on Saturday. I don't have a prediction or anything, but I do think that they'll play well. Um, and I think that they're going to give themselves a real opportunity to, to get the 4-0. So uh, have a good week, everybody. Um, enjoy our coverage the rest of the week and check out all the good stuff that's on there. Um, as of now, we've got a lot of good stuff already up on the site. Uh, and uh, go yeah, Hoosiers. And, and talk to you yeah, next you week. You could use the – could use the search page. Uh, we have our summer preview from Wake Forest. I'll have the Know Your Opponent um, uh, this evening uh, or late afternoon. 
Uh, we'll have goals of the game uh, next week, and then I'll be on the road Friday going to North Carolina. I'll keep a travel notebook with me so you know exactly uh, how it uh, feels to go on the road. Uh, enjoy your the rest of the week. Enjoy this ride, and uh, we'll speak to you on Monday. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis. Go green with solar panels or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.